From my heart to yours, I'm Kristen, and this is the Love Lead XL podcast. Subscribe and listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you so, so much for listening to another episode. And today we are so blessed to have Kaylee Weiss with us today, brand strategist, business coach, and hospitality and event fractional CMO. Kaylee, thank you so much for being here. I'm so thrilled to have this conversation because you keep it real and I keep it real. Yes. And I feel like we have a lot to talk about in terms of like our own businesses and our own approach to marketing and brand like authenticity. Oh, this is going to be so fun. Listen, every time I hear you speak, I'm like, how does she give me another nugget? Like you just pump me up. I I, I absolutely love it. Plus, I'm not going to lie in my cup. And I didn't tell you this before we started, but this is my version of matcha. Ooh, I know I've been sharing <laughs> tips over Instagram because I love my matcha game and it's like either love it or hate it, but there's also a transitional phase where you're learning to love it. And if yes. you do the X, Y, and Z, you can have a better chance, but it is so good for the soul and good for the body. Yes. I noticed that one of my favorite recipes and I'm going to ask you what yours is, but one of my favorite ways that I make it is adding three tablespoons of French vanilla nut pods to it and then filling the rest of it up with however much water I want because it just makes it a teeny bit creamy, which I like. And I keep mine much more creamy. So I usually do it iced and I usually do um, about a tablespoon of water with the matcha and then I blend it and then I do ice and then I fill it up with uh, oat milk and a dash of rose water which you can purchase. It's like an Indian seasoning or flavor that you can cook with. And I, I put it in there. So okay, it's so delish. You only did a dash of rose water. Okay. That maybe was my issue. It's a I, strong flavor. <laughs> no, there was a minute where I was like pouring the rose water in and I'm like, how is she doing this? This is not working for me. <laughs> no, it is like silk in your mouth with it. If you have too much of it. Yes. <laughs> or very, yeah, just a splash, just a little essence of uh, herbalness. Okay. Noted. Maybe I'll go back and try that again with not as much rose water. So um, today I'm, I'm actually really excited about today's conversation because um, one of the things that really inspired me for us to have this chat is one of the things that you said on stage when we were at Midwest DJs Live uh, a few months ago. And I was like mind blown about it because you really took two different industries and infused them together. Let me remind you what you said, because I want to dive into that for a bit. Um, cause it has stuck out with me for so long. You said something along the lines of there was a point in time where small businesses had to elevate themselves when it comes to online and the way they worded things in emails to make them look bigger than they were because we needed to look more corporate. And then now we're moving mm-hmm. into a phase where like, that is not working. It's so much truth. And I feel like knowing your audience, you know, I've been doing my work for the last 20 years. And I feel like when I first started, there was this shame associated with me being a small business owner and a small operation. And I felt like there wasn't trust associated with that, right? It was like, well, why you? Now, A, probably a little bit of imposter syndrome, but at the same time, it was like this this big box store mentality was what was all the rage in terms of retail and in terms of services and in franchises and things like that. I mean, I think the boom of Starbucks was happening, right? People were going to Starbucks now as a franchise instead of the mom and pop stores. So I feel like 
witnessing that and understanding how to set yourself apart as a business through your marketing and your branding became so powerful and to help express your why um, and your the value that you're creating has really, I think, pivoted the way that small businesses are seen to challenge themselves in that way. And today, the data coming in from Gen Zers is like they wish to have their own business. And there's so much respect. And with social media, like the desire to see behind the scenes is so significant that people are under the impression big box stores or franchises are hiding something from them. It's so big, it's unattainable, and it doesn't feel personal. And the personalized experience is really where the value lies. And none of us really want to interact, to be honest, with companies that are just revenue driven, right? I feel like heart driven or um, sometimes I'll say instead of B2B or B2C or B2B, it's really, um, what do I say? <laughs> instead, of, instead of business to business, it is really business to human, like human to human. It's H to H. It's, it's human to human more um, than it is business to consumer or business uh, to business. And I think that, that just that mindset is so powerful for resonating in a deep way with our clients. Interesting. Okay. So I remember the knot had put out some sort of status report. They do it every single year. And I wish like I could memorize it off the top of my head right now, but it mentioned something about the Gen Z's and how they are responding more to personalized messages rather than the templates. And so I was like, I wonder why that is. And I definitely think it has something to do with exactly what we're talking about. Absolutely. I mean, I think the mindset of everyone wants to feel seen. Let's be honest. Everyone wants to feel seen, right? And so how can we fuse that into the way we work? Big companies are not lean. They're like big moving ships, right? It takes a lot more to big move a big ship than a small canoe. So it's like, how can we be able to adapt to the needs of our potential up and coming clients? Um, in the wedding industry, you know, it's very much like we all get older and they uh, stay the same age. <laughs> it's kind of what happens. And we have to stay adaptable so that we can be relevant in that way. But I, I do think that when you say something like that, also the burden becomes on the business owner that everything has to be so manual. So I do want to interject and just say, you can can still have templates. You can still have automations to save you time, but it is really important that you're asking questions from the very beginning about them so that you can weave compassion and heart into the way that you're able to start those interactions pre-contract signing. So that may be as simple as in your current form that you have in on DJ Event Planner or in Dubsado, you're just asking a personal question. Like if you could travel anywhere in the world, tomorrow, where would you go? Seems like a stupid question, but that allows you to plant a seed to begin creating personal connection. Maybe it is that even you surprise them with a coffee table book of that location that was front of mind for them and really help them feel seen. So I think that personalization, yes, use their names, um, but they don't like the scripts and people can read through it. I mean, I think I'm starting to see through ChatGPT, you can see when you're like, oh, ChatGPT wrote this and you did not edit it. Like we are very hyper aware as humans when something is canned and when something is heartfelt. That is so wild that you said that because I obviously I'm going to use chat GTP for shortcuts. Like, listen, hey, write this email, blah, blah, blah. But then I have to go in and edit it because I am seeing the chat GPT emails coming to me. And I'm like, am I talking to a robot or am I talking to a human? <laughs> <laughs> well, when it comes to all 
authenticity, using ChatGPT plug and play is not leading with authenticity, but I do think it is an amazing tool and, uh, you know, being able to have it do some of the, the outlining work, it's amazing, but I do think it's our responsibility to fuse our own, our own language, our own brand representation, and also understand the needs of our clients. And so, uh, you gotta, you gotta finesse it a little bit, at least 60% is what I like to say. I love that. So what what would be kind of a suggestion to, let's say, a bigger small business when, you know, I've heard business owners say, OK, that's great. But like if I customize every single time, like I don't have time to manage all those customizations with the influx of the amount of, you know, requests coming through the website. In addition to I've got DMs coming in like, hey, how much is it for photography? You know what I mean? And it's like, if you would have just went through the website, I could have qualified you <laughs> and get you to where you need better. And then it's also, you know, to the point where it's like, I, I mean, I feel this too. I'm like, I've got four Instagrams or however many, and it's like, crap, it's eight o'clock at night. I haven't checked any DMs. And like, I haven't been on Facebook and like, I know my email's done, but like, so how do we still manage to all of that a compassion and heart and yeah. customizing without like, and I feel like the answer is you're making it too complicated. Like, why don't you just do oh, what I you're love saying this. right now? I, I, <laughs> love that. I love that I you're think... telling me I'm making it complicated. <laughs> Boom, done. You're making it complicated. I feel like it really is. It isn't, you know, again, it's not the extremism of hyper-personalization. It is the small micro elements where people feel seen. So we talked about the surveys. You can automate that into your system. I also think the sense of communication is changing. So for me on Instagram, like I have a decent amount of followers. I get a a lot of inquiries and I don't like feeling stretched thin when I have unread here and unread here and unread here. So they do compile. It just happens. But I have no problem sending an audio message back to someone on Instagram or a video message and being like, I am so sorry that it has taken me so long to get back to you. And I say it just like this, but I can't wait to hear about your business. And here's the next best place to get on my calendar. So be real. That's the part of it, right? It's like, they know you're juggling a lot. If anything, it kind of shows you a sense of authority that you're so busy, which is good and bad. Um, but I do think that there's an element of like, how are you shifting the way people feel like they're not a part of a, a system and in this, you know, huge robotic warehouse of sorts. And some of that is just by asking them more questions and then showing up in a way that feels less structured. I mean, through the years, I've seen so many businesses who address their clients as Mr. and Mrs. and everything is so formal because they feel like they want to have an elevated professional look. And then you talk to this business owner and you're like, this is so far disconnected. It feels like I can't trust you. <laughs> so I think it's really just looking at your systems and evaluating what can we do to make things warmer, more personal, more helpful. Um, Instead of thinking about like, oh, great, now I get to send a personalized email to every single person. Um, and especially when things are bogged down, there's nothing wrong with putting on an autoresponder and literally saying like, we are in a peak season right now. We love you. We hear you. We see you. We can't wait to work with you. Here's the best next step to get on our calendar or whatever that might look like. Like, just be real about what the circumstances are behind the scenes. I absolutely love that. I'm over here taking notes and I'm going to send this to my team as soon as I get off this Zoom. <laughs>
You know, I think compassion is really just, again, making people feel seen and the authenticity is being real with where you're at, right? So there was a conflict between a client and I say conflict, that's kind of loosely, but there was an interaction with a client recently on my end and stresses were high for all parties. We were trying to meet deadlines. There were things happening and I met with my business coach and we were talking about like, it was stressing me out that like there was bottlenecks on all sides. And she's like, well, can't you just talk to them about it? Like, and I'm like, well, what do you mean? <laughs> and she's like, well, just tell them. I am acknowledging this is stressful for me and this is stressful for you. Here's some action steps of what we can take. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Like, what is that? You know, I think there's these, you know, a, there's these expectations that we feel that no one's telling us what to do as business owners, but we're putting all this pressure on ourselves to show up in a certain way that really is not what we're being asked to do. Like we think that we're representing ourselves as more professional or someone who's making more money. And it's like, well, we're all not maybe that. Like we're all hobbyists and we're all figuring it out. And we're maybe not making the money that we should be making because we're not charging what we should. So let's just show up and be real. I think you can do that and not be unprofessional. You know, I think you can show up and just share like, I understand this is stressful for you and I'm feeling a little the heat too. This is what we're going to do to change and take authority. You know what? I agree with that. And I think that that no matter what stage of business you're in, whether, you know, you're in the first, you know, five years of trying to figure it out or you've been established for over a decade and you've made it, you know, through I call it the panty and you're kind of like rebuilding. I also think there's an element of like life that's not seen online that sometimes comes into play. And so there are times where I just try to remind myself. I don't know what my clients are going through right now. I don't know maybe what family things might be happening and why they're acting a certain way. And so um, that's not always easy to say, but um, I definitely think life has a little bit to do with that. And I, at least for me, um, in this season have tried to at least share a little bit more personal things because I think that has taken some of the stress out of the demand in my inbox. I And that's just kind of been my reality. I don't know how you feel. Oh my gosh. I mean, you that is speaking to me deeply because I recently within our membership group and I was actually just going to pull up and I, it's like we we automatically make it about us <laughs> in every circumstance, right? And it's like we, I think when we can back ourselves out of the situation and that may literally be leaving your office, leaving town and going to have coffee on your own, um, whatever that might look like, you really do then can snap your brain into a place of like, oh, they may be behaving like that, not because it's me, but because of a early life experience and trauma or because of their own mental health or stressful things that are happening in their personal life. Or maybe they have fear of vulnerability or maybe there is some misaligned values happening that I'm just seeing for the first time. And I think that to me, putting that into perspective to help create space for them, to be honest, to show up how they need to within respectable means. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's like, it isn't about us to also control the reactions that our clients have. And if they're not fitting in, and I think we want everyone to like us, that's just natural human behavior. But understanding that, you know, creating an understanding, typically, it's not us, and we need to move forward with what's best for our own businesses and, and whatever that looks like. Um, to kind of close the loop on that though, something that I try to tell my team, I don't like when an email goes unresponded for a long time. And when there's things crazy 
It's crazy. It does not take much to hit reply and say, I see you. I'm seeing the email. I don't have the space today or tomorrow due to appointments. You can expect to hear from me X, Y, and Z. And I think I have personally been ghosted many, many times for people who have just disappeared. And then I'm like, is it me? (laughs) When they have their own personal lives going on, they maybe have a health crisis in the family or they're not feeling well, whatever it might be. And I think to just be able to be the bigger person to say, Whatever you need to say to make sure that they feel seen, I think that is such a valuable touch point along the process that does not take very much time. And even templatize it, make it a copy paste, something that you could use um, when things are feeling a little heavy. There definitely has been many times this year where I'm like, I see you. I don't have the mental capacity to get to this answer in the next 24 hours. I'll do my best to get back to you by the end of the week. (laughs) I hear you. So speaking of compassion, leading with heart and like authenticity, um, obviously like the part of this podcast is, is business, right? So how do you feel like those things play into, um, branding or let's say profit? Uh, we'll, we'll just, kind I of mean, talk. both. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Both. I mean, I think I want to go back to like the deep listening component, asking a lot of questions, I think is just a great way to prioritize um, how you can make them feel amplified and seen along the journey while still not having to be so hands-on in that sense. Um, I am a component of CRMs. I think use them like time is money. And I feel like in my 20 years, I wish I could have told myself how valuable time is because that is what I don't have anymore. (laughs) And I feel like I have to be very wise about that. And so protect your time significantly. Um, When it comes to your brand and your marketing strategy, your brand is what other people say it is. So there is a very thin line of you being the person where people are like, oh, they're too busy, right? Um, I think that that is part of a brand reputation, especially within small niche communities with vendor to vendor. It's like there can just become that play, right? Um, I think one of the simplest things to honestly do in that situation is understanding how you're sending that vibe is your eroticism. Like take a breath, make eye contact, listen to what they're having to say, and then take action or repeat it back to them. So I think that there's ways like just that is going to avoid you being perceived as someone who's too busy or unavailable. Be present for people. I think clients and vendor partnerships is huge. Um, When it comes to the marketing side of things, so I kind of feel like your brand is what other people say it is. And then the marketing is just the action of shining your light. I like to use the analogy of a lighthouse. And so I say people build their brands and their businesses, but if they don't have a marketing strategy in place, they're not shining their light in a direction for people to actually see them. So the marketing is, yes, a sales funnel. The marketing can look like a lot of different ways if you're a proponent of the not or what wire or if you're guerrilla marketing putting stickers all around town that is ways that you are shining your light um but i think you can do some fun things if you know that your ideal client and couple love x y and z because you've listened you can start using that language and weaving it into the way that you're communicating through your marketing which is going to have very high impact to essentially resonate with the clients that you want to work with and so typically from the ground up I typically like to, regardless of how big you are or what your systems are like, like how do you want to be known and how can we make your clients feel seen? And I think if you sit down and ask yourself those questions, then when you're making marketing decisions, why put money in something where your clients are 
not going to be seeing that light um, and or maybe a misrepresentation of, of you. And I think then you can get really creative about what that application kind of looks like. And I think, you know, if you're getting started or if you're five years in seeking feedback, and open communication from your community is also a really great way to continue to niche in your market and, and be self-aware about what you what your brand maybe is in the community. And then you can make actionable steps to make sure that you adjust that narrative. Because I think recently someone told me, they were like, you're such a high performer. And I actually was like offended by that a little bit. <laughs> because the reason being is like, they don't see the rest that I'm taking and the journaling I'm doing in the morning and the exercise, right? Like their perception of me is the things that they see. Now, do I want to be online, like showing my workout routine and what I'm eating? Not really. And there's no pressure in doing that either. It's just understanding, oh, okay, the checks and balances of what I'm, I'm, choosing to project online is sending a message that maybe now I want to kind of fine tune a little bit. That is so interesting because I feel like there are times where even myself, I'm like, wow, like this person is like so professional and whatnot. And I love when they give me little tidbits of their personal life. Not a lot, just a little bit. Cause I, I feel like it makes us human, right? But I do think that there needs to be a healthy balance in what you put online. And you do have to think about, you know, what am I putting out there? Because what I'm putting out there, um, it, again, it's, it's, it's how they see you. It's how you're perceived. Yeah. And everyone is very comfortable at their own level sharing their personal lives, right? I have many friends who choose not to put their kids online. I actually had a comment. I do not have children. I have two dogs. But I had a comment like in, I was at a conference in the last year and someone was like, you do such a great job of hiding your children. And I was like, what children? <laughs> it was My very funny and also like flattering because I was like, oh, I mean, I love that they think, I don't know, I'm so nurturing and motherly or something and I'm great at hiding my children. Um, but I do think that it is a interesting uh, narrative because for me, I never want to be attention seeking. And we all have those people we follow on Instagram and we're like, do they ever work? Like the cry story or the this and then this and then this. So I'm very sensitive to that. I also, you know, as a fractional CMO, I have clients who are paying me monthly to achieve certain goals for themselves, right? And there's a lot of guilt that comes with being midday at a lunch appointment and, you know, taking a photograph of my wine and oysters that are happening because I don't want them to feel like they're not being seen. Right. And so I will say with that being said, there's some things I'm comfortable sharing in terms of personal, but depending on whatever your spectrum is, I do think then it goes back to communication and authenticity from the very start of your working relationships, because I want my clients to know I'm likely not checking my email at 9 PM or 6 PM or 7 PM. Therefore, I feel the release of if I'm out with my friends or at a concert, I don't have that inner guilt because I've already communicated. You're not going to anticipate hearing from me. And even for my clients, it may not be publicly or in writing, but there's nothing wrong with me communicating with them on like, oh, well, Tuesdays and Thursdays don't work for me because that's usually when I do Pilates or whatever that looks like. So having that open communication, I think is so valuable to creating a respected, authentic brand where it doesn't feel sneaky and it feels transparent about all parties' needs. And that's a great collaboration. Wow, that's so interesting because in my head, now I'm brainstorming how how does Kristen specifically, how can I come back after, you know, re-listening to us chat about this and say, okay, I've built a really great calendar around all the different roles. Like I'm CEO, I I coach my employees. Um, 
you know, I'll give you a prime example. And there are many people listening who may have a similar schedule where um, for me, it's Tuesdays, but Tuesday mornings start with like, I need to clean up from the weekend. How did the events go? We have our operations team meeting, which sometimes is an hour and a half. Right after that, I go into uh, my management meeting with my executive assistant. Sometimes that's one hour. Sometimes that's three because we only have a day or two to fix any issues from the weekend and then be ready to go for the next weekend. And so there are times where I'll come off of a weekend and then I'll go into fixing it for the next weekend. And it's been 24 hours and someone's like, did you get my email? And I'm like, this is what I do on Tuesdays. And, and then there are times where it's, I've got to go into DJ mode. So like, you know, um, I've, I've got to fly out to do a DJ event. And so, you know, in order for me to prepare for that and to prepare my mind for that, I've got to make sure that my morning starts very slow and then I have coffee and then I have breakfast and then I sit at my laptop and then I'll download any new music edits. And then I've got to cue them and set the volumes. And like, um, so there are just certain days of the week that my brain works better during certain times. So um, I'm nodding my head very dramatically for the listeners. Because <laughs> I, I, that is, I mean, that's the truth of the wedding industry and events industry just in general. And I feel like you're constantly spread thin and you're just running to the next event because you have to. And I saw a meme recently and it was like, you know, when, when you start your wedding-based business and you're like, great, I'm only going to work weekends. And then it's like, no, you're going to work every single day of your life. I'm sorry. So I think, you know, even I think it's been very successful for a lot of my clients to implement things like Calendly, where they limit the time that they're accessible. And do not be shamed to put in your email signature, we are closed on Mondays, or we are closed on Tuesdays, or Tuesday mornings, we have team meetings to best prepare for our next events, like set the expectation and boundaries, because you deserve it. And you are not being expected, except for the pressure you're putting on yourself to be on the clock all the time. It's the lack of communication and boundaries. Now, I will also say there's been very much times in my career where I have had someone disrespect the boundaries that I'm taking. So it might be a fellow vendor who's like, well, what do you mean you're not going to be available? And I kind of am like, pretty much like you're not probably a good partner for us to work together. Like if you're not respecting your own time and my boundaries aren't helping you find your own, then maybe we are not a good alignment. And so you just have to be really sensitive to that because do not let another business and their processes also put pressure on your unique skills. Because even for DJs, I mean, your creative work, you cannot be creative unless you have the space and you've created the capacity for you to continue to level up your career. And when you have people like Eric Rhodes, who's a friend of ours, like he has dedicated time in his busy schedule to be in the gym, to be reading books that are inspiring him. And that capacity that I think he's forced has allowed him to actually be hyper creative. And he'll be like, I'm at the gym and I'm hearing in my mind these, uh, you know, these blends that I've never heard of before. And I think we, you can't just keep running until your batteries are empty. Like you have to give you yourself that space so that you can increase your revenue, be more creative, you know, continue to cut the fat, like I like to say, but, you know, cut mm-hmm. the bottom feeders of pay payers. Um, and, and that structure is just so, so valuable. And another thing that I feel like I wish you just, things you wish you told yourself when you were young (laughs) or, or this age, like you're like, Oh, I can continue to improve on that. Yes. Yes. One of my favorite activities from one of our last team alignments, um, that our business coach had us do was called an S three start. Uh, actually it's right here. 
uh, start, stop, stay. And so you had to kind of take some time to reflect and say, okay, what is stopping me or what are the behaviors that I'm doing that's either stopping me from getting to my goals or that I need to start doing to get me closer to my goals. And so it was a great exercise for us to do as a team to be like, you know, okay, Kristen, you've got to stop procrastinating on like waiting till the last minute to do company e-blast because then they'll never get done. So like little things like that. Um, and I, I kind of want to transition us into um, the world that you're in right now because it's so fascinating. And I think that tying them together is super helpful because, you know, when we met all those years ago, it was your main focus, at least perceived, was strictly branding. You know what I mean? And I love the path that you're on because you get to fuse all these things together, which is being the fractional CMO. You know, we talked about shining our light and that really is what marketing is. So let's dive into that a little bit um, and maybe a project that you're working on and how how can we inspire everyone listening to kind of shine their light in many ways? And it's not just sending emails and mm-hmm. what you post on Instagram because it's not just, <laughs> marketing is not just those two things. Marketing is not just those two things. Well, I think a few things that I'd like to mention is like not to be afraid of evolving. I think for some reason in this wedding industry or events industry, there is this, well, I go here. It's like graduating through school. Like you're like, and now I'm a freshman and then I'm going to go to college. And then yeah. suddenly I'm going to be working on million dollar weddings. And we just think we're just in this path. Um, I also think many people listening are really good at what they do and therefore they're not open to making changes in their business that would better serve them for the time of life that they're in. And that may look for different reasons, aging parents, young children, like it's okay to be adaptable when you're really good at something too. So I, for me, I've been branding small creative businesses for the last 20 years, um, ended up in uh, the event world in 2008. I was branding a wedding actually, and then got into the wedding industry and saw that all of these businesses were hobbyists and they weren't making money and they didn't know how to market themselves creatively. Um, And so I spent from 2008 until today, really working one-on-one with businesses to help them see their innate uniqueness and help them understand how they could show up authentically through their brand and marketing. Um, I'm very like humbled to say that I've probably been able to impact thousands of small businesses. You really but have. carrying the weight of that is not good in my body mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in the most beautiful way. And I think I understand I'm good at it. I love problem solving. Uh, but later or last year, I had a, a series of several years of, of not great uh, autoimmune health. And at the end of it, it was like, I can't keep doing this at this momentum. And um, my business coach is like, you know, you have to charge your iPhone every day. Like you need to charge yourself every day and you need to find where energy, where like you're getting fed and, and projects are energizing you. So um, we decided going into this year, and I say we, my small team, um, that we would go deeper with fewer. And so I think I've always been really good at being savvy and hacking like, okay, you got these pieces and you got these pieces and okay, let's just polish the logo and, and do the things that you need to bridge the gap. And and I realized that for me to hold the baton and row the boat fully, as opposed to like trying to put my arm out the side of the boat to like get it to move forward for businesses, I wanted to dedicate more of my time to going deeper. So through that experience, I had a 
random small thin thread um, of a relationship that I had met a, made about eight years ago come back to the surface. And they asked if I'd be willing to come on and run operations, guest experience, uh, mini bar branding, marketing for a hotel property. Um, and at first I like, I think my eyes probably lit up and I was like, oh, that sounds like a fun challenge. And I am very qualified to do that. And let's play. Yes. <laughs> um, and so I ended up having some painful no's as my inquiries were coming in. And I think I can relate deeply to many of the listeners who have went through growth changes where they know they're capable and it's only going to take them an hour, a couple of hours, and they're holding on to some of that. And we just kind of were like, no more clients. We're leaning into this to see what it evolves into. And it's been incredibly powerful to have that involvement. Now, from a brand perspective is what I'd really like to talk about because I've struggled as the brand person. How am I marketing myself and how am I communicating about what I'm offering? And um, there was an exercise that I had done earlier this year about like, who am I really, right? Like, I'm not Kaylee. I'm not, they don't have brown hair. I'm not like the white female who lives in Austin, but I am a soulful person who cares about others who have a certain innate uniqueness myself. And so when I started breaking that down, I was like, but that's my brand is the compassionate person who is um, empathetic and uh, can do a good roast, but do it kindly. Um, and it's like, how can I use those, uh, those skills into this brand? And so I have found it to be as I've removed myself from the tactileness of what the end product is, um, understanding how I serve others. And I think the more that I can lean into me expressing how I impact others, as opposed to what I do to impact others, my brand, that's the core of the brand, regardless of what the application of that is. So of course, I'm still serving the event community in lots of different ways. Um, the shell of that has changed in the way that I am in seeking energy, but the brand of that is that still the same. So when I meet with businesses who are going through full transitions um, and they're wanting to grow or they're changing a market or whatever that might be, I tend to see them want to start from scratch. It's like, well, let's start over. And it's like, but you're still, you're still in there. <laughs> like it literally is just a little adjustment of language where you're now just saying comma and X. That's all you're doing. Like, who are you proving something to, or who are you having to convince that you are something that you have always been, if that makes sense. And I think that when we can really understand that from a branding and marketing perspective, now, Sometimes a rebrand is required if you need to um, essentially you're not aligning with who you were or if you are not connecting with the ideal client that you want to serve. Of course, there might be some small changes, but I think that, again, it's like not overthinking of it. Like your reputation is you regardless of the services uh, that you provide. And I think once people understand that, that's where the power comes into play to better communicate about how you stand out against your competition. Okay, this is so good because we, for one of our brands, Photo Booth Rocks, for probably at least the last 10 months, we have been in a place where we're like, who in the heck are we? Like, we have added on so many different things that we've never done before. There are passions that have been reignited. And then from a marketing standpoint, I'm like, how am I communicating this? So um, other than, let's say language online, because that's been something that I personally with that brand have really kind of focused on this year. What would you say, maybe give us two or three tips on 
let's say someone who wants to do a few tweaks, what could some of those tweaks be that are small and not overwhelming when you don't have to completely rebrand? Yeah. Well, if you've, no one listening has heard me from stage. One of my favorite things to talk about is color theory and font psychology. And if you go to my website, kayleewees.com, I have a couple free downloads that you could have. So one of the things that I love is the power of visual psychology because our brains process imagery 60,000 times faster than text. Text is really powerful when it comes to SEO and the way people understand because there are people who are readers or skimmers, and then you have Google. Um, but color is really powerful. So if you've been using a color like blue in your marketing, which would be very calming and soothing and kind of passive, and deep inside there is like full of joy and celebration and energy, the blue is not serving you anymore. So it may be just a simple color change that you can do uh, for the brand or an additional color that can be something that you don't have to do a big announcement on. You just start weaving in a color that's going to speak. Now, I know for you, Kristen, you have the black, white, and pink primarily kind of throughout. So maybe it is kind of being bold. And is there another color that best represents that feeling that you want to evoke? Um, same goes for fonts. Uh, you have four different categories, serif, sans serif, playful, and scripts. Um, sometimes people will be using a, a script because they downloaded it from Fiverr or they got it on Etsy or it was a template template on Canva. Um, sometimes those scripts are maybe misserving you. Maybe you're more contemporary and more modern and more clean or want to come across more authoritative as opposed to more laid back with kind of a bouncy script. Um, and type can play a huge part too. So those are things when I do a brand audit with businesses, I automatically look at. It's like, are these colors serving you? Are these fonts serving you when you can't speak for yourself? Because they have a language all in their own. Um, in addition to that, too, people are so visual. If you are trying to sell a service that you don't have literal photos of, it is worth the $800, $1,000, $1,200 investment. If you want to be known as a photo booth company that's doing things that are different, how are you showing people what it means to be different and how that environment comes into play. Um, and from the beginning of this conversation, we were saying people understand when they read ChatGPT, people can see when something's a stock image. So not to call you DJs out, but you guys love stock images. And right away, it feels just like there's no soul there. So it is worth paying for imagery that, and if you're not comfortable being on camera, having someone take photos of your hands at work, um, carrying equipment, or just even your own personal equipment can really tell the difference of showing the soul that's behind the brand. And so I think between colors, fonts, and imagery, um, those things can be incredibly supportive in helping you make small shifts that can change the way that you're perceived. Yeah. And I think one thing I would add to that, and I say this with the kindest heart possible, like, let's just kind of wrap this whole conversation and bring it full circle to coming back to authenticity. So, you know, when it comes to the the branding and the colors and the fonts, and especially the images, like you cannot exude more authenticity than making sure it's a photo from your own event, from your own experience. Like, it's not just about not finding the stock. Don't use stock images, but like, don't use someone else's work. Um, so keeping that mm -hmm. in mind mm -hmm. as well. I feel so. like that's always something I don't, we don't need to say, but I, we do need to say it is, it is powerful and people like it'll catch up with you. That's a well, karma kind of thing. Unfortunately, and it, unfortunately it is that, but the thing, and, and we've had this happen with us and I simply reach out and let them know, Hey, I just want to let you know, you may not be aware. That's our image. It's our main image on the knot. It has been there for 
probably eight years because it brings traffic. And so like the people who really know that it just doesn't make you, it doesn't help you, your, the trust of your brand to do that. So mm-hmm. even if you've got to do a planned photo shoot, go do it, go do it, go be you. And what does Dolly Parton say? She goes, figure out who you are and be that person on purpose. <laughs> Yeah, I love that. And it's so true. And I feel like with that, it's like, you know, we talked about, we don't know what's happening with other people and interactions and we need, you know, people need to be the same. So as humans, I think practicing radical empathy, um, I want like a shirt that says that because I feel like I hope that people practice empathy on me for the things that they can't see. And I want to lead in a way that is empathetic as a business because there are so many moving parts to a business and a family and all the things to make sure that we're putting ourselves in a position where everyone can show up as they truly are if it's a happy day or a sad day or whatever that might look like. All of that. All of that. Kaylee, thank you so much for joining me today. So many nuggets. I'm behind the scenes over here taking notes. I hope you guys enjoyed everything that she shared. And if you want to connect with Kaylee, I'll make sure to put all of her details in the show notes and we'll see you guys on the next episode. Hey friends, thanks for listening to the Love Lead XL podcast. For more inspiration, hit subscribe wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts and follow me, Kristen, on Instagram at meetkristen. Until next time, I empower you to continue to love what you do, lead by example, and excel at it all. You know all those things you've always wanted to go do? You should go do them.